I mean, pick up the litter. <laughs> uh, you know, one of those little pointy stick things that they use on the side of the road that I had to use on the side of the road recently. Uh, I, we, we, we spent the, well, that took a while. Uh, I have, uh, we had a couple of, um, we've, we've had like 17 Sundays in January, it feels like, and we're ending the ser- series on the sermon on the Great Commission uh, today. Next week, we'll start a series on um, five books of the Old Testament that we don't typically look at. Uh, they are Esther, Ruth. Ecclesiastes, Lamentations, and Lord Help Us All, Song of Songs. Um, If you haven't read Song of Songs, um, just go do that and then think, how in the world is a preacher going to do this one? I don't know yet. We'll get there. (laughs) No, I do. I know. But um, it is, it's actually the Song of Songs is the book that um, young Jewish boys and actually old young Jewish men couldn't read until they were 30. It was rated PG-30. It's, a, it's an interesting book, but it's worth our while. I think there's some really interesting elements of it. Those sermons probably will be PG-13, and we may figure that out um, as we get closer what to do. Um, or maybe I'll just dance around it like a professional. Um, but it'll be, those will be good. Uh, please come back for those. I think, I mean, I, I really think you'll find some things from those that you've never thought about before and that uh, might help you as you walk in the way of Jesus, in the way of God. Uh, I remember pretty clearly the time when um, my kids realized that I don't have all the answers. Now, most of the time, that's in the early, like, teens, such like 11, 12. Or dad, but I'm such a nut that there's been a couple of times they've asked me a question and I've said I've said confidently the answer, not knowing really what the answer is, and they've they've caught it. Um, I remember the first time was, Dad, what do unicorns say? Um, and I said, Well, I don't know. It's probably like a horse, but more positive. <laughs> And the confusion on their face was like, oh, thanks, God. This is the dad you gave me. (laughs) He can't just say, I don't know. He's got to come up with something ridiculous. I remember whenever they were afraid of the thunder when they were kids, I told them, thunder's awesome. Thunder is God's way of telling you, you didn't get hit by lightning. (laughs) Like, if you hear thunder, it means that one missed. Like, why would you be afraid of, like, a joyful announcement of safety? That didn't help. I don't help them. Uh, And and there's times I've got to, like, times whenever I'm serious with them where I've got to say, listen, you have, like, I have to tell them. I have to say, you have to believe me. I'm telling you the truth. This is fact. Please trust me. And then they'll typically, typically trust me. 
But everything in life comes down to whether or not you believe the person who's telling you something. Whether they say, uh, whether it's in the news or whether it's um, in like uh, at the salon. (laughs) Where's the salon? Maybe the salon is the place where you're not supposed to believe everything you hear. Except at John's (laughs) hair care. You can believe. I'm scanning. Yes, there he is. All right. But like, there's there there are there are things you believe and you you passionately believe them, and you're going to believe everyone who tells you the thing you believe as they uh, reinforce it to you. And there are th- things you're skeptical about, and you'll you'll hear them, and you'll say, "Well, they said that," but I don't know. I don't typically trust them. But rarely is everyone right all the time, and rarely is everyone wrong all the time, and everybody's words need discernment, and the Christian life eventually boils down to the fact of do you, or the question of do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Do you believe that he's the Son of God? The thing we ask people when they get baptized, do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus is That he died on the cross for your sins, that he is the son of God, that he resurrected, and that he's now king. Do you believe it? And I I, I think a lot of times we go through motions, right? We do things habitually without really giving thought as to why. Who brushes their teeth and says, this is getting my teeth clean? No, you're thinking about what, what else you have to do. You rarely think about what the toothbrush and the toothpaste are doing for your teeth while they're doing it for your teeth. Who eats at McDonald's and says, this is slowly killing me? (laughs) Like, we rarely process the information as it comes. We, We kind of get in a rut and we don't pay attention to what we are doing and what we believe about what we are doing. And the Christian life boils down to, am I regularly, consistently reminding myself of what I believe? Because we can say over and over again that Jesus is alive. I can quote scripture to you, read scripture to you, words Jesus said, things Jesus commanded us. And really it just boils down to, whether or not you think he truly is alive. The Great Commission goes like this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he comes to them and he says, You've got a job to do. But before he tells them what their job is to do, uh, he, he starts by saying, I'm powerful. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he ends with, not his power, but his presence. And surely I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. 
That word surely is, uh, is, is basically a Greek interjection. Um, I just spoke English for some of you. That was English. Interjection's just like, whoa, you know, like that. Or it's just, it's like something, you, it, it's an addition to a sentence that if you take it away, it really doesn't matter, but it adds emphasis a lot of times to the sentence. And so the Greek word is idou, roughly I-D-O-U. And it has been it has been translated many different ways. Surely, uh, certainly, the King James says, "Lo and lo, I am with you always." Lo, I'm with you always, even to the so when. But when he says this, it's uh, the, the way it's structured, um, and and then adu adu when it says. I like. I want you to that 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 is a flag and a sentence saying I need you to pay attention to this because this is important. And I'm ending on this, and it's new information. I'm ending with new information, and that new information is I am with you always to the very end of the age. A lot of times, whether my kids do what I ask of them or trust me, what it really boils down to is not whether or not I'm, I'm right or I'm um, powerful or not. See, at this point in their life, they still think I can protect them from everything. And I, to be honest, I probably can't protect them from most things. Like, I'm not the ninja I thought I would be when I was a kid. I'm not... I don't know how to... I can barely protect myself. That their trust in me has nothing to do with my actual power. Their trust in me has a lot to do with whether or not I'm just there. Whether I'm present with them. And see, it's the presence we have with our kids. It's the presence we have with our spouse that builds relationships. And Jesus is promising His presence with us. And see, in the end, this just boils down to, do I believe it? Is it true? It can't just be sort of true, or kind of true, or true to the people who think it's true. True, is it true or not? And this isn't one of those things that's, that is, uh, uh, some, some things are true to you. For some people, uh, cilantro tastes like soap. Rick, some people are cursed by the devil. That's an awful, awful condition that we should raise money for and fix. We should have cilantro soap awareness runs. So that's true. Some people, and you'll say, no, I don't like cilantro. It tastes like soap. No, it doesn't. It does to you. But it, and some things are true to you and not true for me and true for me and not true for you. But this is a, what we're claiming here is a historical event. Do we believe that Jesus walked out of the grave? 
He can't just have walked out of the grave for those who believe he walked out of the grave. Is it true or not? And if it's true, then how does it affect you? How does his promise, his power, his presence affect your life? Because those things are the things that get us moving. That when I'm afraid to do something, if the, if the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, if the one who has all of that power is present with me and he's on my side, and I still don't do anything, then I've got to actually ask myself, do I really believe this? Do I believe it's true? Because if it's, if it's not true, then you don't have to do anything. But if it is true, then you're called to action. One of my favorite stories, and it's, it's just a story. We don't have a historical account of it. It's a tradition within the church. that It's either Philip or Thomas was walking to Hierapolis with his family. And at the gate in Hierapolis, it says, um, all who pass through here worship Caesar. And the disciple noticed it and said, well, I'm not passing through. The guard came out and said, you... You have to pay homage to Caesar. You have to worship Caesar. And you need to do it now. Or we're going to crucify your family. Make you watch. And then crucify you. And his answer was, I saw my Savior feed thousands. He knew it was true. And so it affected him. It affected how he lived. And sometimes that effect is painful. Sometimes that effect is hard work. Sometimes that effect is more commitment, giving up of yourself for others. Sometimes it's initiating the difficult conversation you have with that person that you need to forgive. Sometimes, and this is even harder, I think, it's initiating that difficult conversation with that person who needs to forgive you. We are called to really difficult standards. Going into all the nations is hard. Because people are different from me. Sticking with people, like we talked about last week, sticking with people and actually making disciples is difficult. It takes work. You're going to have to sacrifice the fact that you don't want to ever be irritated. To make disciples of other people. That's going to have to happen. That's hard work. And it's nothing I would ask of you. It's nothing I would ask of myself. If I didn't believe that Jesus walked out of the grave. If I didn't believe that Jesus was alive. None of this. We wouldn't, it wouldn't be love your neighbor as yourself. We would not say that just because Boy Scouts like ethics. Morals. But the church is not, and Christianity is not, a moral and ethical experiment. It's a historical event 
that happened, and we've got to decide whether we believe it happened or it didn't. And if we believe it happened, it means the words of Jesus matter. And that whenever he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him, then all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. When he says he has power, he has power. And even more importantly, when he says that he's going to be present with us, he's going to be present with us. The Bible is not the only thing we've got going for us. The Bible is not our only connection to God. We have the Spirit of God with us. God's Holy Spirit, His presence with us is real and active and will guide you in ways that you don't even understand yet. But you can't feel the presence of God Just sitting at home hoping God blesses you for existing. It's, it's when we go and obey what Jesus has commanded us. One of the scriptures we're going to talk about in life group, we're reading life group tonight, is in John when he says, I, If you obey my commandments, then I will ask my Father to send his Spirit. Whenever we walk into the hard work of Christianity, we are not walking alone. We are not alone and we are not powerless because the one who is with us is full of power. Jesus is with us. And what we have to ask ourselves is, do I believe that is true? If I believe that's true, then why aren't I doing it? Why don't I go? Why aren't I in all the nations. And that doesn't mean, well, I've got to find another country to go to. It just means that everybody matters. That people, people who don't know Jesus are the ones we should be chasing. And being afraid of people who don't know Jesus because they don't know Jesus is antithetical to the call. It's against the whole movement that we've got going here. We're going into all the nations. I don't care what they think, what they believe, whether they like me or not. We're going to the people who need Jesus simply because I needed Jesus and they do too. And simply because Jesus has, is with me and he is powerful and he is present. And his call on my life is important. His call on what I need to be doing matters. Because I believe what he did is true. We're just called to it. And this affects you on huge levels, on big things, and on small things. This affects, like, you're going to be a better spouse because what you believe about Jesus is true. That matters. You are going to love more unconditionally because you believe Jesus did what he says he did. It matters. You are sent into this world to 
to be Jesus to others, to the people immediately around you, to your church, to your family, to your kids, to your spouse, to your parents. You are called to that, and you're not called to that because we have a Bible, and the Bible is a, it gives us some good rules, and the good rules are ethical and moral. You're called to that because Jesus called you to that, and he walked out of a grave. He did what he said he was going to do. That's why it's important for you to do what he said you should do. Not because the list needs to be checked. Because we're bringing, we're bringing heaven to earth here, people. And we can't do that without the, without the presence and the power of the king. So we've got, we start with, I believe. It's true. I believe he has done it. I believe he is powerful. I believe he is present. And because I believe that, because I think that's true, not because I can get my mind around it. I really can't. I can't. Not because I can figure it out and I can analyze it and lay it out for somebody and say, well, the, you, know, you kind of have to believe because the, obviously the evidence is, well, no, I, I, no that's not why. I just, I believe it. I just do. But my belief about his power and about his presence spurs me on to very difficult faith. To treat people with love. People who are hard to love. With love. To treat them like God loves them as much as he loves me. That's hard to do. We're called to do it. Every step of the way. And there is not, everyone, pay attention. There is not a Facebook loophole in this. You do not get to treat people less than on Facebook just because it's kind of fun. Or even worse, kind of funny. We are called to a next level sort of love. And we won't be able to do that without his power and without his presence. And people who don't have his power and his presence aren't going to be able to do it. They're not going to be able to accomplish it. Because you couldn't do it either. People are trying to divide the world. They're trying to divide the church. Trying to pit one group against the next. It's constant. One ideology against another. I can't tell you what other people are supposed to believe. I can't tell you how other people are supposed to act. I can tell you how I'm, what I believe and what that calls me to do. What, how that belief matters. And so, I'm called to grieve with people who are grieving. To notice people who are suffering. To, to go into all the world and stick with people, stick with the baptized long enough for them to be disciples. 
And I can, only, I can only do it. I can only do it because of the power and presence of God. I just, I can't, I couldn't do it otherwise. You can't either. And so if you have not been living the way God has called you to live, this isn't, an el- this isn't something you have to try harder at. Like, I really need to, I need to buckle down and do it. I need to try harder. Well, that's not what God calls us to do. He calls us to do it in the, under the umbrella of his power and alongside his presence. He calls us to obey what he has commanded. Us. To obey what he has commanded because of his power of his presence. And so you're not trying, it's not that you're not trying hard enough. There's probably a chance that you're trying really hard. But unless you begin your efforts with an acknowledgement of his power and an appreciation of his presence, you might be doomed to fail. You might find that anger conquers love. You might find that fear conquers faith. That it is only through the power and the presence of Jesus that I can love. Like he has called me to love. And it's only through the power and presence of Jesus that I can go like he has called me to go. It's only through the power and the presence of Jesus that I can live out my faith like he has called me to live out my faith. So we believe that at your Conversion, at your baptism, at your proclamation, at your confession, this big event we call salvation. We believe that you will find the power and the presence of God. That first day, that first day when Jesus, when Peter said, hey, just pay attention guys, you killed the Messiah. And everyone says, what do we do? He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive forgiveness, which is the power of God to grant, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God in your life. If you need the power of God and the presence of God, or if you need to re, for the, for the first time, or maybe it's you need to refocus yourself, Today's the day. We want to pray with you. We want to offer you salvation because we think it matters. And we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what they say he did. Let's stand with me.